And again, when you're talking about a marketing ops position, it's a lot of you know process and technology, MQL to SQL conversion, interaction with sales, as opposed to some people looking at it specifically defining marketing ops as marketing automation. Okay, and I and I think that's where just the the uh, the miscommunication is. The B two B marketing exchange was created with one goal in mind to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hey everyone, I'm Alicia Esposito, Senior Content Strategist for Demand Gen Report, and you're listening to Episode 9 of the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. And if you're responsible for building a team, this episode is for you. We all know that Every organization is only as good as its people. But sometimes finding the right people for the job is easier said than done. And West Lizer of Verseek has made a business out of helping companies like yours not only find the right people for the job, but really dig deep into the roles that they're hiring for, how they're describing roles and responsibilities, and aligning these tasks to the right salaries. It's all equal parts art and science, and frankly, it's pretty fascinating. As you listen to his presentation, I want you to think through how you're currently developing your job roles, how you're looking to engage qualified candidates, and most of all, how you're onboarding and engaging your current workforce. So you're not only building a marketing A-team, you're keeping it. Welcome, everybody. Uh, two days, everybody has their latest and greatest digital strategy, ABM. Uh, I know this topic, uh, as far as you know, talent acquisition, hiring a team, it's, it's a little bit different um, than I think what you've been hearing over the last you know, few days. Um, but at the same time, you know, kind of what you know, strategy um, tactics are only as good as the people that are going to be executing you know, on those uh, you know, tactics and strategy as well. So um, I think this is a really important topic. It's one you know, firsthand, uh, you know, I can say is a, is a really big struggle. Um, a lot of the information, I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of information and I'm going to go quick. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, recruiting HR conferences that spend, you know, three days just specifically talking about that. So um, there's going to be a lot of stuff. I'm going to go fast. Um, all of the, the slides uh, are going to be posted on SlideShare. I'll kind of repost them on LinkedIn. Um, you know, definitely connect with me. Um, you know, but really just wanted to share a lot of information that, you know, people have probably already heard, um, but it's really good to just, you know, kind of get a, a general reinforcement of it. Um, so a little bit of background about me. Um, this is kind of some, some personal stuff. But, uh, one of the biggest questions that I always get is, how the heck did you become a recruiter that focuses on demand generation and, and uh, marketing automation? Um, and so if you, if you go back, uh, when I first started, so I, my, my, I'm a degreed marketer in sports management, um, got out of college at the University of Minnesota, went to work for the Minnesota Timberwolves. When I first got there, we were in the process of an Eloqua to Marketo migration. Um, and so I was on the marketing side. So, you know, building campaigns, you know, very hands-on in the tool. Um, and then uh, I was at an event with the chief revenue officer. Um, he heard me talking to some season ticket holders. He's moved me onto the sales side. So then on the sales side, I was kind of that, you know, marketing advocate to the sales team to say, hey, this is actually why you should track this stuff. This is really cool. Uh, marketing's actually just trying to make our jobs a lot easier. Marketing loved it. Um, it really helped sales. Uh, from there, the company that I currently work for, Verseek, um, versatile, unique, smash it together. Uh, we're one of the largest privately held search firms um, in the Midwest. 
Um, we have a, a number of different practice areas, but the CEO there was a, was a season ticket holder of mine. He was a client of mine. And he tried to recruit me for a while. He's like, hey, you know, you should really come join my team. Uh, and I was the guy that, you know, just, you know, working in corporate America, I've been approached by recruiters. And like, when you think of like hierarchy of jobs, um, it's like, you know, you got your, your doctors, you know, your lawyers, you know, you got your used car salesmen and then like your recruiters, right? I mean, that was kind of my initial, like, man, I don't want to be a recruiter. Um, and so anyways, I was like, well, this guy can, you know, literally afford, you know, center row, um, you know, first row center court seats at the, you know, season tickets. I'm like, you must be doing something right. Uh, so then I, I went over and, and um, I was there for about two months and we got a call in from a you know, really small $8 million software company in Minneapolis. And they said, we need a marketing manager. The only non-negotiable that we need is we need somebody that knows Marketo. Uh, and I was just the only person in the company that knew what it was. So they're like, hey, you're going to work on it. And, you know, five years later, here we are. All I do is demand gen. Um, built the practice up from scratch. Um, we have three, uh, four recruiters. Another recruiter will be starting in a, in a month. Um, but we have three recruiters um, work with companies. I mean, if you think of the tech hubs, you know, New York and San Francisco being the two main ones, um, Denver, Seattle, uh, Austin, Texas is obviously kind of is booming big time. A um, couple other ones, a lot of series A, B, and C companies. Um, so really building the machine from scratch, right? The the whole, um, hey, we, you know, we have nothing in place right now. Um, we do. We also get into the digital transformation. That's what we get a lot in Minneapolis. Uh, we're not necessarily known for innovation, uh, but it's the hey, we, you know, we're a forty year old manufacturing company, and the CEO goes to some conference and learns about digital marketing, and now they need to have somebody in to to do that. So um, that's a lot of the types of companies that we work for. What we're going to cover, um, research content performs the best, so I'll give you that right away. Uh, we'll just kind of jump into it. We did a survey um, uh, late in 2018. Um, we'll kind of give you some of the results. It's a really short survey. I'm not Gartner. Um, I don't have the time and or the resources to put in to do a really long survey, but I think there's some really good meat in there. Um, how to identify top talent. Uh, building a marketing team. Um, I'm sure the avoiding a bad hire um, causes some smirks and some smiles uh, in, in the audience. And then just a, a couple of quick kind of takeaways um, as far as what we're going to go into. So, um, so survey. Uh, so basically what the survey was um, is we, we got responses from approximately 100. We sent it out to about 350-ish uh, marketers, um, people that we had identified that we've talked to before primarily that we knew and identified that were hiring managers in the space. Uh, we got a really good uh, 34, uh, well, 35% uh, response rate on email, which was like phenomenal. We had a couple of stragglers in just come from a LinkedIn post, 85% uh, director VP, and we marketed as a 60-second survey, um, which was you know, really great. I mean, it was, it was literally six questions. Here were the six questions. Um, the two that are read were, the, were, were basically what we wanted, and that's the information that we want, but we didn't want to send out a two-question survey. Uh, so those were the, you know, the two positions that we fill the most, um, demand generation, marketing operations. Um, we'll kind of get into the vernacular, the, the word, the how you word marketing ops and marketing automation. I think there's a little bit some kind of some misconceptions as far as title-wise. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, but really, most important traits needed to hiring uh, in marketing ops. And then hardest part of hiring demand gen. Um, those were the really two things, and that's what we're going to cover um, here. So... Um, if you look, we had them rank. Um, these were these were the only two questions in the survey that they were they were being ranked. Um, so we had people rank as far as like most difficult to least difficult, cost of hiring versus budget, meaning um, you know I can't afford the candidate I like, um, relevant technical experience, I can't find somebody that's qualified, talent evaluation, we don't know who's good. 
um, and then losing candidates in the interview process, right? So can't afford, can't find, can't tell, um, and then counteroffer. So if you can, before I kind of give the results of, of what we found, um, let's raise your hand. So if, if your hardest part of hiring, just raise your hand, cost of hiring, candidates that we're finding are too expensive. One, two, three, four. Okay, that's a good number. Um, relevant technical experience, so can't find. Okay, uh, pretty pretty even. Um, talent evaluation, can't tell who's good. All right, that's a good. And then losing candidates during the interview process. This is hilarious. You guys are going to love this. Uh, so what we found out, uh, relevant experience, number one, um, big time, 41%. People can't find the people that they're looking for, followed pretty closely by, hey, if we find them, we can't afford them. Uh, and, and one of the things that people always ask me is, you know, I'm, I'm doing an intake and, hey, we need, you know, this person with five years of experience and they need to know Marketo and run, you know, PPC and this and that. And they said, well, what do you think this person, you know, what, what is this person, sh- what should this person make? And I always, my, my response is you're asking the wrong question. Okay. The question is, what is this person worth to you and your business? Uh, and, and that's kind of a, a pointed, basically the reason I tell you this is so you can go to you know, CEO, HR, manager, whatever. And these are going to be all data points, right? So all of these things, all of the survey information is going to be data points that you can then turn back and say, see, these positions are really hard to find. HR is swamped the way it is. We need to either, we need to do something different. Okay. So talent evaluation, um, losing candidates. Um, and if you go through, um, you know, again, relevant experience, number one and number two, uh, you know, as far as very difficult cost of hiring and then talent evaluation flip-flopped a little bit. Um, but then as you can kind of imagine in the moderate and least difficult, obviously, I mean, it's only, there's only four options. So and the, other, the other two are gonna uh, kind of come in there. So, I mean, if you're just looking at the trends, um, relevant experience, 78% of the people. So the reason I tell you this is is if you're struggling to find a a really good demand gen marketing ops person, you're not alone, okay? It's just just a really hard position to find, and I specialize in this stuff, okay? Um, So cost of hiring um, and then talent evaluation. Um, So we'll get into best skills for marketing ops, okay? And and then then when you look at marketing ops, um, we'll kind of get into the survey results, which I, I think we'll have to uh, vernacular-wise as, as far as what the position is titled versus what the scope of responsibilities are. Because there's sometimes where it's it's you talk to a marketing, you talk to a hiring manager, and they say, "Hey, we need a marketing ops specialist." It's like, okay, well, what are they going to be doing? Well, they're just going to be in Eloqua all day long. It's like, okay, well, that's an automation role, right? So you're just kind of titling something different. So. Do a show of hands again. Uh, if you're hiring a marketing op, uh, marketing ops person, um, analytical skills reporting, most important. Okay, good number. All right. Uh, technical ability. Hands-on tools, technical. All right. Okay. Uh, cross-department, um, department communication, IT sales communication. Okay, good. And then project management. Okay, this is it's, it's pretty accurate. Uh, so, analytical skills and reporting, uh, number one and number two, um, which was kind of what I saw from from the uh, from everybody here. Um, and then this is the difference when I, when I highlighted uh, the two there, um, the difference between definition of marketing ops and marketing automation. Okay, and again, when you're talking about a marketing ops position. It's a lot of you know process and technology, MQL to SQL conversion, interaction with sales, as opposed to some people looking at it specifically defining marketing ops as marketing automation. Okay, and I and I think that's where just the 
the uh, the miscommunication is. Um, so when you're titling these positions, you know, making sure that you're just understanding, and 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 that just comes to, I mean, trying to attract candidates, right? I mean, if you're talking to a candidate and you, and you title something marketing ops and it's a marketing automation role, aren't you, don't you think you're going to turn off the candidate? They're like, well, they don't even know what to title this thing, right? So again, the competition for these these very few candidate pools is so high. How you differentiate yourself and and making sure that you're buttoned up. Um, during the entire hiring process is, is really important. So how do we identify top talent? Okay, um, One of the biggest things that I look for in any level type of position is somebody that's running away from something or somebody that's running towards something. Okay, And this kind of ties into a little bit, a uh, little bit further down is, is the whole understanding job hoppers. Um, you know, because obviously you don't want to, I wrote an article pretty recently, actually, and it was titled why you should hire a job hopper. And I thought my head was going to get cut off on LinkedIn. Um, but, but it's true. I was actually just, uh, talking to a, a woman this morning to where she was telling me, she's like, you know, she's like, I have three, my last three positions have all been less than a year. And she's like, I, you know, I, I was at my previous company for three years. She's like, I, uh, you know, went to another company couldn't stand the manager, CEO. And she's like, so I left, took another position. I love the company. I love the industry, loved my boss. I just couldn't deal. The, the commute was an hour and a half each way and I couldn't do it. And I took a position at a new company that's 15 minutes away, but that company was acquired six weeks after I got there. So here I am out of a job again. I mean, now that story makes a lot of sense, but if you're looking at a resume and you go, mm, eight months, six months, 12 months, nope. I mean, you're missing out on some really good people. Okay. Uh, getting back to the running away versus running towards. And when you're asking somebody, I mean, ask them about the moves that they've made, right? And if, and if somebody's labeled a job hopper and all they've done is went from a specialist to a manager to a, you know, senior manager to a director, and that's taken, you know, a three-year period, who's not going to want to better themselves in their career? I mean, now granted, you don't want to be that next stepping stone company, but that's, person is probably going to be really good um, if, they, if they've received uh, you know, some of those promotions. And, and at the same time, too, if somebody always seems to be running away from something, you start to ask yourself, is it, is it, is it, is it the company or is it you? Um, and and that should be kind of a, a yellow flag. Um, performance metrics, we'll get into this a little bit later. But one of the biggest indicators for me is when we talk about what versus impact, okay? Everybody does something. Right. I mean, everybody does a job, but it's it's not what you do. It's the impact that what you've done. It's the impact that that has had on the business. And in 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 revenue producing um, roles such as ops and demand gen, you're going to know what you what you've done and how much impact that it's had. Either whether it's I mean, it's whatever your KPIs are. Is it if it's uh, if it's you know number of MQLs, if it's you know number of pipeline generated, number of leads generated. I mean, whatever your your um, key metrics are, you know, these people are really going to know that. Um, and the other part of it too is, is we always say, we have a saying in our company that good companies become great because of the people. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's not who does it first. I mean, go down the market square. I mean, yeah, everybody's, you know, technology is a little bit unique and everything, but there, I mean, there's a lot of very similar products out there. Okay. So it's not who does it first. It's who does it best and who has the best people. So know the best companies in your market and eh, poach out of them. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, go, you know, they're good. You know, they hire good people. I mean, it's a small world even here. Um, you know, so make sure that you're understanding. And, and if it's a, hey, I have a, a senior manager, you know, go to one of your, you know, go to another great company and, and look at, oh, hey, this person's a specialist and, and, and take them out. Um, 
When it comes to interviewing, too, too often I think hiring managers uh, shoot themselves in the foot because they ask questions like, what was your relationship with sales? It's like, oh, yeah, we had a really good relationship with sales. We had a meeting every this and every that. Well, so you're basically teeing up, the, the, you're basically giving them the answer to the question as opposed to saying, you know, what other departments did you work with? Right? Tell me about your relationships. I mean, it's more open-ended. People talk about what they know the most about. Okay, so the first thing out of their mouth is going to be what they're most quality. How would you define yourself as a marketer, right? It's a great question to ask a candidate because right away, I mean, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is going to be what they know the most and what they have the, the best um, knowledge about. So that, that's obviously what they're going to talk about the most. Um, so here's the, the what versus impact. I'm not going to get into it. Um, again, this is pro would probably be a good one to just kind of look at the slides. But when you're looking at a resume... This is a really good indicator um, as to just somebody that does something versus, you know, somebody that understands the impact um, that they've made on an organization. Um, I mean, just think about it. Lead demand generation campaign strategy and execution to accelerate opportunity. Um, the creation for premium and paid products increase leads qualified for sales by 35% and opportunities by 70%. Oh, wow. That's going to be, I mean, you're still going to talk to the top person, um, but the impact is, is really important. So, um, you know, not everybody has the ability to fill the position on their own or, you know, work with a, an external recruiter such as myself. Um, some people do have to work with HR. Um, so what's a really good way to, to work with HR, work with talent acquisition, um, if that's the only channel that, that you're left to do with? Um, and, the, and the one thing that I always tell people is, you, you want to, hey, uh, what's so great about your company? Yeah, we're a, a really cool, we just got a, you know, series... Series B, Series C funding, we're, you know, really great growing culture. We got a ping pong table and, uh, you know, we have a lot of happy hours. It's like, okay, welcome to every company out there. Um, that, that's not a unique story. Um, so what, what these candidates want, especially the really good ones, is they don't want to know the company story. They want to know how much marketing has contributed to revenue, what your budgets are, what your goals are, where you're going to be in a year from now. Um, that's going to be the story. So if, if, if HR is the first connection that this person has. Make sure that HR knows that story. Um, make sure that they know expectations for the position. Um, understand the, the workload that your HR person has. Hey, we have three HR people in 100 open positions. Oh, okay. Knowing that these positions are really hard to fill already, you can then maybe go back to you know, your, your hiring, or not your hiring, your boss or the CEO and say, hey, HR's got 100 positions to fill. We need this now because if we get a really good person, that's going to add, you know, you know, we're going to be able to add pipeline. Hey, we got sales goals we got to hit by the end of Q3. We're not going to hit them unless we fill this position. Um, CEOs, uh, you know, they, they listen to that kind of stuff. Um, interest and excitement with top candidates. I, I talked to so many people where uh, they're, they interview with a company and said, oh, yeah, you interviewed... I'm, um, you know, when I get a, a really good candidate that I'm talking to, like right away, I'm like, okay, I got to find like three different companies that I got to like market this person to. Right. And I said, so are you interviewing anyplace else? They're like, oh yeah. Like I had an interview two days ago with the company and I'm like, well, so how did it go? Like, well, I, like I think it went well. And I'm sitting here going like this HR person totally dropped the ball. Like this is an awesome candidate and they, they didn't give them feedback. One, they don't know next steps. Like they didn't show enthusiasm. Like like gone are the days of like candidates have to like prove to you, like, you know, I'm, you know, you should hire me. This is a no, like at some point you have to roll out the red carpet for people and court people. 
especially in these hard to fill positions. And that is not HR's mindset. HR is, is like, you need to tell me why you should work here. No, 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 no. Um, hardest to find positions are kind of that mid to senior level. I mean, that's just across the board. Um, it, there's just a gap because typically when somebody gets to that level, they've more than likely been promoted rather quickly. Um, so they're always looking for that next step. It's just, it just, just know if you're hiring for that role specifically, it's, it's just, it's a really hard role to fill. Um, I don't have any tips. It's even for me, it's, it's a hard position. Um, so how do you build your team? So one of the things I was, I was uh, recently talking to the VP of marketing, um, series A, um, and he basically said, so he's like, I'm looking for a director of marketing. He's a VP. So I'm looking for my right hand. It's like, help me understand what you're looking for. He's like, well, there's four pillars. We need somebody that's going to manage all of our paid media. Uh, they need to know marketing automation. They got to build demand gen campaigns, and they're going to be in charge of our rev, uh, rev ops, our sales ops. And I'm like, so you need this person to hold their breath for six minutes underwater and juggle chainsaws too? Like, that's just like, that's what I'm saying is that skill set does not exist. And it does not exist for 90 grand that you want to pay somebody. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's like pick two, right? Um, so just really knowing the market, what skills are out there um, is only going to help you like set expectations with your team. And then you can hire to that. And so that kind of just really keys into the next one is budget versus specific roles. Somebody says, well, I need this position. I'm going to spend this much for it. Well, in a smaller organization, just hire a really good person, figure out kind of what they're good at, and then fill in the rest later. I mean, know what your budget is, um, but just really be flexible. Um, promoting without question is the absolute number one way for you to retain your people more. Um, that's going to be very important in these in these positions, when you proactively promote, you know, somebody didn't have to like beg um, and kick the door down to try to get a promotion. The, the investment that you make in them, it's like from my standpoint, being a recruiter, um, it's really hard to pull those people out of those kind of opportunities. So um, need versus nice, um, higher comp doesn't translate to better and chase the shiny object are three things that really come in that come into play. I mean, most people, and this is a lot for, you know, kind of like owners and um, CEOs, CMOs, um, just because somebody has a higher price tag doesn't mean that that it, it's, it's better for your business. Okay. Um, I'm actually dealing with a situation like that now. I don't want to get into too many details, but um, it's, oh, they, they, they just equate more expensive to better. So think about it. Okay. We're going to bring in a VP, um, but they're going to be the only marketing hire on that team. Okay, so even if that VP is very, very technical, right? How long do you think that that person is going to be want to be getting into the weeds day after day after day? And they're going to come back to you, you know, three weeks, month, maybe what, two, and say, okay, now we need to really build out that team. It's like, well, I told you you were flying solo for a while. Um, so again, expectations wise, um, and this is just more on the startup. And, and, and again, uh, I, I can tell you. I work with more of the startup and the SMBs. There's the, the next slide is about how uh, enterprise companies are, are really broken down into more of like a, a COE, center of excellence model. Um, but if you start from the top, um, that's what I find companies bring in-house uh, earlier. So like right away, first thing, hey, there's a, a head of marketing. First thing they typically tend to bring in-house is content. 
right? Then it's demand gen, then it's product, event field marketing, um, automation operations. And just know that like the content person right away might be doing a little bit of demand gen, but that's not their area of expertise. So then you hire a demand gen person. So the content person can solely focus on that, but the demand gen person's also doing some of the ops, right? But that's not their area of expertise. Um, so just, just kind of as, as a general rule of thumb, and the enterprise, I know you can't see this. Again, look at the slides later on. Um, but, but really the biggest takeaway here is that in an enterprise, a, a larger organization, um, product in demand gen slash you know, marketing are always, I don't want to say always, uh, 99 times out of 100, they're separate. You, know, you, have the C, you have the C level, then you have your VP level. Typically, it's, it's demand gen and marketing over here, and then product over on the other side. And, that, and that's kind of the, the biggest takeaway um, you know, from, from this slide. So uh, last night I was actually talking to a guy and he said, what's the number one reason that people leave positions? And I, I mean, he obviously didn't know that one, I was speaking and two, I had this slide in here. Um, but the number one people, the reason people leave positions, one is, is the whole like my manager, like people don't leave jobs, they leave managers. That's absolutely true. And then the second part of that is they don't feel like it's kind of a combination of Performance metrics, training, whiteboard, challenge them. And it really just barrels down to the challenge. They don't feel challenged in their position. So like you should be always giving them more than what you think they can handle. And, and, and like, it's like throwing somebody at the deep end of the pool, sink or swim. Like the really good people are going to bubble to the top anyways. And, and that's only going to make your job easier um, as a manager to see who can really sink or swim because that, that's going to allow you to evaluate your team. And then, you know, what is it? You need to spend, you know, 80% of your time with 20% of the people that are best. I mean, that's going to allow you as a manager to say, okay, um, you know, Susie over there, I, I gave her a project. She knocked it out of the park. I need to spend more time trying to keep Susie happy than, than not knowing who your strongest marketers are. Um, the top one, I, it, there's going to be some smirks in the room that this makes sense. But I mean, how many times has somebody, you know, oh, hey, I got this great opportunity. You go in, you talk to the leadership and they have all of these big objectives on, you know, demand generation, digital transformation strategy. And you, and you get in there and you got to like fight tooth and nail for budget for everything. Um, you can't get anything done. They're like, oh, yeah, that seems like a really good idea. But um, so so you want to attract, you want to you be completely transparent, but you don't want to oversell. Because if you oversell, you're bringing somebody on and they're a you know, marketing ops manager, say, hey, this, this can be a, a director level position in the next six months to a year. And six months to a year from now, they don't get promoted. What do you think they're going to be doing? Okay, I got lied to. I'm going to be looking for another job. And then you're backfilling the position anyways. Um, so you're not doing yourself any favors. And then the last one, the strike through, um, the, if you don't think recruiters are reaching out to your, I had best people. And then I actually put a line through it saying like recruiters are reaching out to everybody, uh, you know, especially in this space, good, bad, or different. I mean, you can't really tell just from like a LinkedIn profile or, or, or a resume. Um, so know that recruiters are reaching out to everybody. Um, so you need to backfill. I mean, you want to lose your entire team really quickly, um, you know, Tell Susie because Jimmy left, she's got to pull double duty, like and do his position as well, and then not pay her anymore, right? Uh, and then never really talk to her about, you know, when's the like the plan? Like, okay, we're gonna backfill this position in the next, you know, six weeks or whatever it is. Um, literally go to, hey, Susie, Jimmy left. This is gonna suck for the next, you know, 
two months. But I tell you what, you knock it out of the park, we'll have a, you know, a 5K bonus sitting for you at the end, right? She's like, oh, wow, you think Susie's going to want to just absolutely crush the next two months of that position? Absolutely. Um, how to avoid a bad hire. Uh, if this was a science or if I had a really, like if this was defined very clearly, I'd be a heck of a lot richer than what I was right now. Um, but there are some, there are some trends. Uh, and the biggest trend that I see is big company versus small company. And, you know, the, the biggest difference that you find is, you know, somebody coming from a big company into a small company, they get into a small company and, and not that they can't handle it. It's, you know, everybody's been in, or who, who's been in smaller companies, small company people just raise your hand. Like, I mean, less than, okay. So there's a little bit of chaos. There's some, you know, it's, it's very, um, you got to think on your feet and be nimble. It's like, you know, Hey, we're going to put a campaign out and then I got to take out the trash, you know, at the end of, you know, at the end of building the campaign, right? There's just a difference. And somebody coming from a very corporate side, they're going to look at it and they're going to like, okay, they don't have their shit together. I really don't want to work here. Um, it's not a great situation. And so they just, they get flustered and then they leave. And, and vice versa, somebody going from a, a small company into a big company, a, a, a lot of times the feedback that I hear is, uh, oh, you know, it's, I really don't feel like I'm making an impact right? It's like, okay, well, that person's going to get bored in that situation. So even though that they can do the job really, really well, that might just not be the right culture for them. Um, so really big difference. Um, and that just goes into the skill set versus the personality. Um, it's the, the, the little things, you know, the resume, the follow-up notes, the thank you notes, you know, it's, it's definitely a skill that I feel has been lost. Uh, and when you have people that do that, it's, it's, you know, there's an old saying that you don't necessarily know what somebody said, but you can feel the way they make you feel, that you, you know the way they make you feel. Uh, and when you get these people, that's just a really clear indicator of like, okay, like this person gets it. Not only can they do the job, but they have the, the personal communication skills that, that says we want them in this company. Um, the, the next three, so chasing a ghost, I want, I want to talk about kind of more so. So somebody works eight years at one company, Okay. Then they have a 12-month stint, a 14-month stint, and now they've been with their current company for eight years, uh, and they're you know looking to possibly make a move again. And they say, well, you know, help me understand, like, what are you looking for? It's like, well, you know what? I really want what I had back at you know X company that they were at for eight years, and and I got to be the guy that say, yeah, actually, you know what? You're never going to have that again. So if you're chasing that specific opportunity with those people in that industry, like, I'm, I'm sorry, like you're, you're chasing a ghost. So be careful of when somebody's interviewing you and say, so help me understand, like, what do you want? And they compare it to a specific point in time in their career. Um, I'm not saying don't hire the person. I'm just saying, like, make sure that you articulate to them and say, hey, I, I completely understand that. We're not that. Okay, so just just be clear in, in, in expectations. Um, yes, candidates, when 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 somebody comes in and can you do this? Yes, can you do this? Yes, I'm I'm the greatest. I don't have any you know, like I don't have any questions about you or your sales cycle or, or how I'm going to fit in. That's to me is is actually more than a yellow flag. That's a that's a pretty big red flag that somebody's overly confident. They don't really like care to ask questions and, and really get into the details. Um, consultants versus consultants. Um, you know, sometimes when there's a job gap, people put down that, oh, yeah, I was a consultant for the last six months. It's like, okay, well, that, that's great. 
what what companies did you work for? Oh, well, you know, I can't really divulge the the name of my clients. It's like, well, g- give me some work examples. You know, scratch out the stuff. I mean, you want to make sure that they've been, you know, especially if it's, you know, for a year, you know, whatever. You, you want to make sure that they're still, you know, sharp uh, and up to date. Um, and then think of every... so. What I always talk about in a resume is a a resume is nothing more than the the summary of a story, okay? So you want to be able to really be able to tell and and make assumptions based on somebody's resume, not only where they've come from, but but why you think that they're interested in your position. So it's all tell a very cohesive story. And so the more questions that somebody has on their resume, again, just, just put a check mark down and the more check marks somebody has. So like, for instance, my biggest pet peeve is when somebody puts down 2015 to 2018. Uh, okay, so did you, and then and they don't have anything right now. And so, so did you work January of 2018, uh, July of 2018, or like December of 2018? Because if you haven't been working for the last year, like what are you, what are you trying to hide? You know, to me, when people don't disclose stuff, that that to me is always a what are what are they what are they trying to get by here? Um, just a huge pit peeve if you're putting a, a resume together. Uh, and then two, when you leave a company, it, it's very easy to say, oh, like you know, switch jobs due to you know relocation or company was acquired or stuff like that. I mean, literally answer the questions. If you look at your resume and you think of every question that a hiring manager could possibly have, answer it. Answer it somewhere on, on your resume. Um, we'll kind of get into some resume structures uh, later on. Um, just some takeaways, and, and I wouldn't dare keep anybody over like the last session of the last day. Like I'm going back to Minneapolis for crying out loud. Like it's going to be negative one when I get back. Like I don't need to get punched either. So I'll get you out of here early. Uh, but just some kind of some key takeaways, um, some resume examples. So again, I'm not a resume professional. I just I see a lot of them. Uh, and what I what I what I typically tell people is the the top third of your resume. Think of that as like a movie trailer, right? And like we've all seen the movie trailer. We go to you know we go to the movie and you're like, ah, oh, the movie wasn't okay. Like all the funny parts were in the previews, right? I mean, we've all kind of been there. Um, great, that's exactly what it got you to see the movie, didn't it? Right? And that's what you're trying to do here um, when you're structuring your resume is you're really trying to make all of the most relevant information slap in, slap the person in the face who's ever reading it. Um, you have to make the information similar to, I was listening to, I think it was Howard who's here, um, you know, with the call to actions and the what you're going to accomplish, like right at the top of the email, right? Do the same thing. I mean, we're marketers, right? What, what do you think people want to know about why you're qualified for this position, that's what you need to put at the top. Um, so I know there's a lot of people out there that uh, go into the, the really wordy. This is the one with the X. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I see it a lot. I just think when I look at the cleanliness of it, the one on the left, yeah, uh, is, uh, is, is just a lot cleaner. Um, and I think it, it, res- it resonates um, pretty well. Uh, and this is just an overview. This is kind of a takeaway. Um, you know, just something, again, the, during this entire presentation, all I want you to do is, is just look at data points, right? Data points that you can then go back to your um, boss, hiring manager, whatever. I'm just trying to make your life easier. Um, you know, the, the hiring process, this is just a standard hiring process because I get a lot of companies that come to me and say, hey, what do other companies use? We're still trying to define our hiring process. Again, I'm not in HR, but this makes a lot of sense, especially demand gen, Ops positions, uh, if you're not having them do a 
a project, an assignment, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, don't make it long, uh, but but really, and, and don't make it a pass-fail. Like, that's the other thing too. Like, don't make it a pass-fail. Really what you want to do, what you want to get out of these assignments is you want to understand how somebody's head works, right? You want to understand how, how somebody thinks, how does your head work, how do you problem solve? I mean, if you want, I mean, during an interview at the, at the very end, I mean, you can do a little whiteboarding session, you know, with them. Um, that's kind of a cool way. Again, you're just trying to, you know, get through the, the, the rationale and the thought process. So um, I think that is my last slide. Yes. Um, so in con, uh, kind of in, I don't know, conjunction with, uh, with this uh, conference, uh, I just did. So I know that says 2017 uh, salary guides. There's a ton of work that goes into salary guides. Um, so we do, it's a national salary guide. There's a lot of information in addition to um, where you can um, find like comp wise, like do you line up um, with other people? And just know that there's so many variables. Like there, we don't take into consideration like bonuses, um, you know, equity if it's in a, a smaller company. I mean, there, I can't, you can't do that. So um, basically how we look at the salary ranges is uh, there, there's going to be a range when you see the position, the title. There's going to be a range. Titles do not uh, take into con- uh, account, and there's, this is all defined, you know, in in the salary guide when you look at it. Um, but it doesn't take into account like senior positions. Uh, and then how we find the ranges is basically we take all of the comps that we have in our database, okay, and then eighty percent that fall in between. Um, the ranges is what we use. So there's going to be outliers, uh, but again, we just kind of try to take uh, a, a most of it. And so these are just going to be really good data points. Uh, you know, for you to, like I said, hire teams. I mean, these are just, at the end of the day, I, I wish that there was like some secret sauce uh, that I could give you. Uh, they're just really hard positions to fill. So it's doing the little things uh, for your brand, for, for yourself, that's going to separate you from like everybody else that's trying to hire the same person. Um, so with that, John, I'm not sure what we're at, but uh, we got five, five minutes for questions. If anybody has any questions, maybe possibly. No, I got to play. Yes. So, uh, in terms of the hiring, hiring uh, if I'm trying to hire out a product marketing function, that's a big time concern. Yeah. What are your thoughts on when you get in, you tell the process like that, or why I prefer to hire the product marketing manager? So, the question was, is do you hire the director? So, in product marketing, um, do you hire the director first and then have them bring in one of their people? And so, I would say to that, yes. Um, I would always, if, if the plan is to eventually hire both positions, I would always start with the higher position first. One, because that uh, subordinate, that who's ever going to be reporting into that person, they're going to want to know who their boss is, right? So, I mean, imagine telling somebody like, hey, you know, we're going to hire you. We're not really sure who your boss is going to be yet. Um, that's, that's really scary for somebody walking into that, into that situation. So, um, and at the same time, too, if you bring in a more senior person, generally speaking, they have a pretty good network of either, you know, um, former colleagues that they can then say, hey, who on your team is really good or who needs a job? So I'd always start with the higher position, for sure. Yes? Yeah, uh, great great question. So where's where's content kind of most frequently? And, and it's like the biggest cliche ever, content is king. Um, so my answer would be anywhere and everywhere. Um, the hardest people, the hardest Positions to fill are very um, technical content positions. So you're writing product specs, and you ha- you know, I mean, it's big engine, you know, engineer background, so to speak. Um, but 
excuse me, but just from like a copy standpoint, um, yeah, demand gen can have, I mean, if, 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 if somebody is writing content for specific demand gen programs, again, depending upon the size of the company, and that's where the, the, more often than not of what I find is they're also doing, building some of the campaigns because that person doesn't want to just write copy all day, right? Um, they also want to be involved in the strategy behind it. Um, in, in, in building, even if they're not doing the technical kind of, hey, putting it in Marketo or whatever your automation tool is. Did that answer your question? The contractors, yeah. And, and it's, what I tend to find is, is companies really want, like, because content is so important, like, there are companies that kind of outsource it, but do you get as good of content as this somebody's in-house? Uh, so that's why, like, when it was like, where do you hire out? Most people that I find just, they bring it in-house as quickly and as soon as possible um, because they want somebody just, like, living their space. Anything else? I'm done. Oh, one in the back. Do we have time, John? One more? All right, one more. Yeah, that's such a, I was actually, that, that's, uh, I had lunch yesterday, so I was going to go to one of the lunch and learns, again, Minneapolis guy, I was going to go to the one of the lunch and learns, it was gorgeous yesterday, so I was like, nope, I'm going to stay outside and soak this all in. Ended up getting into a conversation with a woman who, her most recent engagement was, it wasn't ADP, but it was like an ADP-like company, and she was literally working exclusively with her HR team on, on that exact problem, uh, and, and the one thing that I think, again, it's, it's, don't make it specific, you know, make the, the marketing efforts specific to the audience. Almost take an account-based approach. I mean, if you have if you're reaching out to marketing people, make sure that they understand the value proposition um, of what makes your marketing team better than everybody else. So if you have people on your marketing team giving testimonials about you know what you do and some of the cool stuff, where they started when they got with the company to where they're at now. I mean, videos are, are awesome when it comes to, and they're, they're going to be continue to be an awesome tool when it comes to just hiring because that adds that human approach. And people, if they're going to work for a company, they also want to work with humans. Uh, so having just like a testimonial would be a really good way. Hey, this is where I started here. I didn't know this. And now this is great. And this is what we get to accomplish. Um, I furthered my career. Um, that's what that's what these people are really going to, I mean, that's what's going to stand out for them. So cool. All done. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Marketing Exchange podcast. To receive future episodes, be sure to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And if you're hungry for more B2B best practices, join us at the 2020 B2B Marketing Exchange coming to Scottsdale, Arizona from February 24th to 26th. You'll have access to more than 100 sessions focused on content marketing, demand gen, ABM, and so much more. Save 25% on your pass by using discount code B2BPOD. That's B2B-P-O-D. We hope to see you there.